This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wildcat Scoop Podcast. I'm WildcatAuthority.com Senior Editor Jason Shear, and uh, we got a lot to talk about. Not in a good way either. Uh, obviously, it's a, it's a different feeling than just a week ago, even with Arizona. Um, just to kind of recap, Arizona comes off a impressive road sweep at the Washington schools. Yes, Washington isn't that good, but winning at Washington and Washington State has proven to be uh, difficult. It was the, think about this, it was the first road sweep by any team in the conference this season. And here we are uh, in February. So it, uh, it it was, even though both teams aren't great, it was still an impressive task. And then we fast forward to this week, Arizona's at home. Face- Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. It's lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. A solid USC team and a bad UCLA team. Uh, Arizona dominates USC for the most part. Last 10 minutes falls apart. Really ugly offensive game. Despite the fact that Arizona was playing well offensively, all of a sudden it, it kind of shuts off. USC starts fouling Arizona. Normally that's fine. Arizona can't even make free throws. Um, and that game ends closer than it should have been. After the game, Sean Miller goes on, on a well-deserved rant of basically saying that Arizona needs to, to figure out how to finish out games. Um, and, and basically says, look, if we play like this, like the last 10 minutes against UCLA, against their coach, against their team were we're, we could lose fast forward to the ucla game um and arizona's never in it i mean it right from the start it had a weird feel for it uh arizona's coming out and and only shooting threes jamal baker's able to make uh, a couple of them ucla makes a couple threes and you're like all right well if we're gonna get into a three-point shooting contest with their with ucla arizona's gonna come out on top because UCLA is the second worst, I believe, three-point shooting team uh, in the conference, and it, it just it, it never it never happened. Like U, UCLA's strategy was the same for both ASU and Arizona, which is basically saying we can't really guard you on the perimeter. We're going to sag off. You are going to get some threes looks um, against ASU. They were a little more open than they were against Arizona, but. ASU went and, and was absolutely hot from three, and UCLA never had a chance. They go, they do the same strategy. Arizona's jumpers don't fall. They say, look, we're going to take Zeke out of the game. Uh, we're going to make life miserable for him. Two, three guys, whenever he touches the ball, if we even allow him to touch the ball. If Nico Mannion, Jamal Baker, Dylan Smith, those guys beat us, Josh Green, so be it. Um, they did it. It worked. McCronin's strategy, 100% work. If you want to say that 
Arizona lost because of coaching, so be it. If you want to say they lost because of execution, it's it's whatever. It's a mixture of both. I mean, Cronin deserves absolute credit for his strategy. It is a bad strategy when it doesn't work, like against ASU. It is a great strategy when it does, like it did against Arizona. Um, the offensive performance by Arizona was historically bad. Literally the worst shooting performance in McHale history. Dating back 40 years or so, it is uh, as bad as it gets, 25%. And when you think about it, um, Arizona started 6 of 11 from 3. You're like, oh, well, I mean, if Arizona's going to go 6 for 11 and a half from 3, they finish 12 of 22, this game's a blowout. Arizona proceeded to go 0 for 12 from 3 in the second half and finish 6 of 23. The free throws were there, so that's cool compared to the USC game. Um, but that was the only place where Arizona was making shots. Good shots, bad shots, open layups. Uh, guarded lit. It didn't matter. Arizona was missing it. Um, you had guys missing clean looks on offensive rebounds. You had Nico Mannion missing layups in transition, which he hasn't done all season. It was, uh, well, historically it was, but it was the worst offensive performance I've seen in, in a long, long time. Um, you know, you're going back to the last two games. There's been three eight-minute intervals where Arizona hasn't had a field goal. And meanwhile, the week before, we were talking about how Arizona's zone offense looked better against Washington with Stone Gettings. The offense against Washington State was solid, even though the percentage wasn't there. The ball movement has been fine. And it, it is a, a clear pattern um, with Arizona's losses. It happened in the UCLA game. We saw it in the last 10 minutes of the USC game. We saw it. Gonzaga, Baylor, St. John's, Oregon State. When Arizona loses basketball games, it's because they got punked. That's it. That's why they lose. We can talk about shooting percentages and all that, but those shooting percentages are directly related to the fact that this team is getting punked by the teams that it has lost to. And what I mean by that is UCLA said, we're going to screen hard. We're going to be physical with Arizona. We're going to take away Zeke because we know their guards don't like being physical, and we're going to win this basketball game because of it. And Arizona's going to think twice when they come to the hoop. They're going to shoot early. They're going to take bad shots because they're afraid of that contact. And that's exactly what happened. Arizona stopped going to the line, uh, didn't draw a foul late in the game, despite UCLA being in the bonus for half of the second half. I mean, Arizona just wasn't going to the line. You go to the Baylor game. Arizona's going to shoot poorly. We're going to be physical with Nico Mannion. We're going to be physical with their young guards. Zeke, we're going to be physical with him, and they're going to get rattled. St. John's, not a good team, St. John's. Eric said, we're going to go right at them. They lost that game. Oregon State, I don't know if that's the case as much as the other games, but Gonzaga did the same thing. They were playing Arizona's game. Gonzaga said, we're going to stop playing this transition game. We're going to get a little more physical and see what happens. And that was the first game where you saw Arizona has trouble responding to physicality. Arizona, maybe more than years past, is completely matchup-based. And what I mean by that is, and, and don't get me wrong, Arizona can beat a physical, like Colorado's a physical team and Arizona whooped them. Um, Utah's a pretty physical team and Arizona whooped them. There's teams that Arizona can beat based off talent. But if a team goes out and is really physical, Oregon's another one that beat Arizona. In overtime, Will Richardson basically said, I'm going at Jamal Baker. There's nothing Jamal Baker can do about it. And Sean Miller, after the UCLA game, said, we just had a few guys that couldn't perform. 
and he's right. I mean, guys on UCLA basically said, I'm going at you. There's nothing you can do about it. We're going to get what we want offensively and defensively. And UCLA was 100% right. Now Arizona's going to face some teams that are not as physical as UCLA. Uh, Cal is a talented team that can beat Arizona. Uh, They are a much better team under Mark Fox compared to Y. King Jones. Um, because most teams would be better without Y. King Jones, hence him not being at Cal anymore. Um, but they have Matt Bradley, who's super physical, and they're they're not going to back down. It is a game that Arizona should win, and we'll preview it in a couple days. But Stanford's another team that's going to be physical. Arizona's going to go on the road to Los Angeles. Those are two games that Arizona could very well lose because they're going to go and play the same strategy. And maybe... And Sean Miller said this after the UCLA game. Maybe Arizona realizes, like, next time they play UCLA, hey, we're better than this team on paper. And we might be better overall. More talent, etc. But if they punk us, we're not winning this game. And maybe Arizona has a wake-up call and says, look, we, we got to get tougher. Or maybe that's too far gone. I mean, maybe you can't make guys tougher. Um, maybe that's something that, we all overlooked, including the Arizona coaching staff, because the fact of the matter is um, this team is soft. It, it is a soft group of guys. And I uh, I texted someone close to the program after the game, and I said, you're soft. And uh, the person said, you're right. They they are soft. And uh, that's that's just the easiest explanation. It's not the only explanation, but it's the easiest. I mean, it's it's... Nico Mannion is a better point guard than Tiger Campbell. Tiger Campbell outplayed Nico Mannion because he was more physical. He was physical on the screens. He took it to him. He was just a better point guard on that night. If you ask college basketball if they'd rather have Nico or Campbell, no one's taking Tiger Campbell. And that's not a knock on him because I think he's he's fine. Um, the issue is that the, there's more talent. Mannion has more talent. But eventually, basketball becomes more than talent, and you have to carry it over. Um, the UCLA game overall, Arizona had a chance to, to win that game. Arizona, remember, had a chance to take the lead midway through the second half. You get a little momentum. Arizona's going to the line. It felt a little better. You're like, okay, things have settled down. And then Dylan Smith makes the turnover. UCLA scores. Arizona misses. UCLA scores again. Um, goes back up seven quickly, like within 30 seconds, it felt like. And that was pretty much ball game. Um, I don't like picking on individual players. I, I, it's something I, I don't like doing because I think generally speaking, they're they're all good kids. Um, with that being said, I there's guys on football and basketball that I, I don't really hold back on. I've heard about it from from players, from other people privately, but um, I try to keep it real in, in, in most of the times. And, um, you know, Dylan Smith is a guy where it's just, it's really hard to get behind him right now. Um, he has had his moments this season. Uh, Sean Miller's reason for playing him is his size and his length on defense. It's the fact that he is a 6'5 wing and the, the guys they bring out off the bench are a little smaller. But offensively, they're just not there. I mean, Dylan Smith just isn't there. Uh I felt like this week especially, normally Dylan doesn't force a lot of stuff. He may take a bad three here and there, but he's not really forcing a ton. Um, He's had moves like against USC and UCLA where he's doing like dream shakes out there and missing, and it's like, 
it's a team game. He had two shots, one shot in each game from the free throw line where no one was open, and instead of making a move to turn his body and and get a passing lane, uh, he put up a fadeaway jumper with a guy in his face. And what happens is, and I was talking with Kelvin Ethan about this on the radio the other night, what happens is that, that stuff's contagious. So, like, Dylan Smith takes a bad shot against UCLA, and 30 seconds later, Jamal Baker dribbles down and takes a fadeaway jumper off one dribble with the dude in his face and doesn't get anywhere close to the rim. And because what happens is you see one guy taking bad shots, and you're like, look, if that's what I got to do to get my shots up, that's what I'm going to do. And it's stupid. It really is dumb. I'm not saying the kids are dumb. I'm saying that the, that, that mentality is dumb. And it is 100% up to a coach to try to fix it. But as long as that mentality exists, you're not winning many basketball games because it's not a one-up type of game. It's a team game. And what we saw against UCLA was a one-up type of game. It was like, oh, you're going to get yours? Well, I'm going to get mine then because there was no passing. Nico Mannion finished with zero assists. And a big part of that is because nobody else made shots. But a big part of that is because Arizona was not running an offense. In the games that Arizona has won this season, they have run an offense. Um, They have gone up and down in transition with UCLA, did a great job of taking away. Arizona had four fast break points, but they moved the ball around. Like you could tell early in the game, even when Arizona had the threes by Baker and Gettings, the the ball movement was spectacular. But all of a sudden it feels like because of youth, probably that once the shots start missing, instead of saying to themselves, Nico and Josh and all those guys saying to themselves, okay, we're going to be more patient and try to get the shots that come to us. They're like, no, we got to really force the issue. I mean, we got to score. And what happens is it's the opposite. Instead of getting those open shots that they want, they're getting bad shots because they're taking bad shots and they're trying to force the issue. And then one thing leads to another. And before you know it, Arizona is shooting 25%. And sometimes the ball just doesn't go in. You could say it's one of those nights. But the problem is if you watch that game, more often than not, those are bad shots. I mean, you can shoot wide open. You could shoot contested layups. You can shoot fadeaway threes off one leg. Uh, It's pretty obvious what shot you want in certain situations. And it comes back to the point guard and and the other guards, really everybody on the team. But um, the point guard usually is the one that takes the most blame. you got to kind of calm things down and run an offense. And Nico Mannion, even though he's second in the conference in assists, uh, I think it's fair to say he's a shoot-first point guard. And sometimes what he does is instead of trying to pass through the issues and run and initiate the offense, he chooses to shoot through the issues, um, and it doesn't work. And what happens is, again, it's contagious. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, uh, the recipe for beating Arizona is is out. It's pretty clear. Not every team can execute it. And Arizona's going to make the tournament. I know people are freaking out. I'd be really surprised if they don't make the tournament. It would take a pretty big collapse. Um, we're talking like three and five in their last eight, which I don't think is going to happen. But if they go to the tournament and they face like a Wichita State or a Houston, which isn't as good as Arizona, but is more physical, there's a very good chance they lose that game. And uh, and and if they face a team that um, isn't that physical and that just really is more of an athletic, you know, offensive so be it kind of team, which there's a lot of in college basketball this year. Um, Arizona could very well beat them. This is one of the more matchup-oriented teams I've seen in a long time. In the sense where I can pretty much tell you now, it's taken me this long, but I can pretty much guarantee which games are going to be close 
and which games aren't. And they shouldn't necessarily be close. Arizona should have beat the UCLA team. The UCLA 24-7 editors picked Arizona to win by 25 points. Okay? This isn't homerism. Arizona should have beat UCLA. But they didn't. And they didn't beat UCLA. Not because UCLA is better. Not because UCLA is more talented. Because UCLA punked Arizona. Arizona won in that game. Sean Miller said after the game, that was Cincinnati. Well, better get used to it. All right, players have to get used to it, and eventually you got to man up. And if you don't man up, you're going to lose. And if you don't man up in the NBA, your career is going to be very short. Um, and speaking of the NBA, and I, I took blame for this on the message board, and I know I'm not the only one, but, you know, <laughs> so, so be it. But um, not all five stars are created the same. All right, um, there's a difference between a five-star Nico Mannion and a five-star DeAndre Ayton. There's a difference between a five-star Vernon Carey and a five-star Jaden McDaniels. Um, Not all five-stars are created equal. There's the guys that are going to come in, dominate right away, be awesome, nothing you could do to stop them. Going to college for them is stupid. All right, and and that's that. Then there's the guys where they're they're gonna show moments where like, man, like Nico's had him this year. Like this kid is good. And then there's gonna be moments like a few other games, like UCLA, uh, Gonzaga comes to mind. We're like, man, this guy just doesn't have it. Like he he looks bad, um, and it's frustrating. It's it's frustrating to the player. It's frustrating to the coaching staff. It's frustrating to the fans, especially. But that's kind of where Arizona is right now. Um, Josh Green, really talented kid. If he stayed in college for another year, probably much better after the end of the second year. All these kids would be better. Um, but, you know, that's a, that's a different argument. I, I The way that things are structured and how weak this draft is, these kids are going to go to the draft, barring something surprising. I mean, maybe Josh Green comes back. I don't know. Um, Zeke has a, a good support circle. Around, I don't know. That, that's, you know, that's it's way too early to figure that out. But... Not all five stars are created the same, and we're seeing it. Like, these guys are going to go to the NBA. They may not stick in the NBA. Odds are not in their favor. But that's just where they're at right now. Like, when we discuss them, we as a whole, including myself, need to forget about the NBA stuff. All right? It's, they may go to the NBA, but, like, not all five stars are created equal. Not all NBA draft picks are created equal. Every year, there's a top five pick that fails, who is good in college, who wasn't good enough to be in the NBA. Then there's guys that surprise and, and go the other way because of how hard they work, physical. It, there's a lot to it. But these guys are going to get drafted. And the reason I'm saying this is because the argument just keeps coming up on Twitter and the message board, etc. There is a difference between going to the NBA and getting drafted and being successful in the NBA. Yes, guys can absolutely get better with another year of college. Nico would be better. Josh Green would be better. Zeke, I don't know. I'll admit it. I don't know how much better Zeke would get. Uh, Would he get a little stronger? Probably. But he's a guy where his stock is high. Zeke's really good. Uh, Had a rough game against UCLA. Most guys would have rough games, double and triple teamed. His game would have been a lot easier if Arizona's guards were hitting. With that being said, yeah, those guys' careers would, would probably... Those guys would improve in college if they came back another year. But the way the NBA works now, you go when you go. You go when you're ready, when when you're not ready because you get paid 
and you develop in the G League, you develop in the NBA, you can develop in the NBA. I think it is a falsehood to believe that you can't develop in college. Um, with that being said, you get more work in the NBA. There's no limits on practicing and shooting and all that. You're getting top-notch coaching. You're playing against the best of the best. It's a different type of development. And some guys get it, and some guys don't. Um, you know, it, and basically, simply put, I think Arizona has three guys that are clearly going to get drafted. I don't know how many guys it has that are NBA players. And there's a large difference between that. And we'll find out. And in reality, it probably doesn't matter this season. Because who cares if they're ready for the NBA? Um, it is a college basketball game we're talking about. There's a college basketball team. The reality is college coaches are hired to win now. They're not hired to make sure these kids are winning in the NBA three years from now. And I'm not saying they shouldn't develop in, but one and done's in my my personal belief, they don't develop in college. All right, like if I if a guy goes number one, like Anthony Bennett didn't go number one because he got great coaching. All right, like guys don't go number one because man, they're just so well coached in those thirty games that they're just they weren't even up there and, and you know. Jaden McDaniels, he's not getting better at Washington. He may still be a lot of pick, but he's not getting better. Isaiah Stewart isn't getting better at Washington. Those kids are in college because they that's the rule. You know, you have to go to college. And so, um, you know, going on a little bit of a tangent there, uh, again, just what I'm trying to say is there's a difference between guys getting drafted to go to the NBA and guys that are NBA players. Um Moving kind of back to, to where Arizona is right now, I don't know where... Arizona is impossible to predict. Like, I had a good feeling they would sweep the Washington schools, just like I thought they would sweep at home. I have no idea what will happen this week. Like, if Arizona lost to Cal and beat Stanford, wouldn't surprise me at all. If Arizona swept, wouldn't surprise me at all. I would be surprised if Arizona got swept. Um, I think if Arizona gets swept, it is a legitimate time to worry. I think sweeping the Bay Area is difficult. There's a reason why teams don't do it. If they sweep, I think people can be disappointed, but I think that's probably the most realistic scenario. Um, Sorry, if they split. Uh, If they sweep, I think fans should be ecstatic because it means that Arizona has now swept two road trips um, and could very well be in the driver's seat, believe it or not, to win the conference because Oregon plays Colorado. Arizona still hosts Oregon at home. Arizona's probably in uh, the driver's seat, even though it has to still go to L.A. Um, You know, and and that's obviously looking probably too far ahead. But we are just at the point where if you want to know how Arizona's going to play, you'd be better off flipping a coin. And it's the most frustrating to the coaches. It's frustrating to players. And obviously, as fans, take a look at the message boards. Um, Nobody knows what's going on. People were happy after the Washington road trip. They were okay after the USC game. Um, mad at everyone after you know after the the UCLA loss and rightfully so. If Arizona loses to Cal, it'll be even worse. If Arizona beats Cal and Stanford, it'll be great. Like that's just that's nobody knows, <laughs> and uh, it makes my job horrible at times. But you know that's that's what I get paid to do. <laughs> so um, it, it's just it's a situation where uh, going back to toughness, I I don't know like. I don't. Sean Miller can probably go to Nico and Josh and Dylan and whatever and scream and yell and uh, I, I don't know if that makes you tougher. Like I think you, you kind of either have it 
uh, or you don't. And, you know, kind of moving past the toughness thing, um, a lot of talk about rotation. Would I start Jamal Baker? Probably. Is Jamal Baker good defensively? No, not at all. Does he put up bad shots? Yes, but eventually, I mean, Dylan, the slump he's in, um, and I don't know if there's been talk or discussion, but the the slump he's in, you got to want, it's late in the season, man. Like, this is, you got to win every game. And so, um, you got to take a look at that. Um, Irely kind of is what he is. He was awful against UCLA. Uh, Defensively, really bad against USC. Couldn't guard Rokosovic at all. But he's had games where he's been fine this season. That's that's Ira. You're going to get what you're going to get. Uh, Max Hazard, they tried to get him open uh, against UCLA. He never really looked at the basket. He's a bad defender. He's too small to be an effective defender against Pac-12 schools consistently. And if you're really bad at defense, um, you're going to have trouble. And it was another case of, of softness. I mean, he played 15 minutes against UCLA. It's not bad uh, for you know a seventh guy off the bench. Um, but he got two shot attempts, and one of them was just complete. I feel like shooting now, and I'm not open, but I'm going to get my shot off. And it, it you know, the, the, to me, the disappointment hasn't been in the freshmen. Um, yes, the freshmen are inconsistent, but the disappointment is with the other guys, the Jamal Bakers, the Max Hazards. I, I expected more from those guys. I think where this team has faltered the most is that the veterans were overrated by me. The veterans were overrated by the coaches internally and externally. And the leadership overall of the older guys hasn't been there. Like, if you were to ask me who the leader of Arizona is, I can't answer that question. I have no idea. It's not Nico. He's a freshman point guard, but he's not like the vocal type. Um, I don't know. Like, I have no idea who gets this team in a huddle. Um, Stone Gettings is too nice. <laughs> like I love Stone Gettings. He might be my favorite player on the team, but he's not the leadership type. I don't know. And that might be one of the biggest problems in the in the last few years under Miller. Like when you take a look at the Miller era and what's the last player where you kind of say to yourself, man, that guy was a leader. It's probably TJ. Um, you say, man, what, TJ, the moment that stuck out to me is I'll never forget. Stanley did something and TJ got in Stanley Johnson's face and chewed him out. And it's like, hell yeah. <laughs> like, that's what Arizona needs. And Arizona's not going to get a TJ, but I would love it if a guy makes the wrong cut or a guy doesn't guard his man. And Nico Mannion goes up to that kid and goes, man up. We need you. Man up. Remove your head from your rear end and play this game. And I'm not sure we've seen that all year. And I think Arizona's missing that in a big way because eventually you need to hear a voice other than Sean Miller's. And Sean Miller would rather you hear a voice other than him. And I'm not talking about Murph or Ganey or Peters. I'm talking about a player on the court. That was McConnell. And since then, I don't know who it is. And I think it's something that Arizona is sorely missing. Um, I think James Akinjo will probably be that guy next year because he's too tough not to. He's a, he's a different breed. But I don't know. Um, and, and maybe it's a thing where Nico is a freshman and he's not that type. You can't... You can't it, it's hard to... And Sean Miller said this in the past, it's hard to instill that in someone. You're either that type of dude or you're not. But if that's the case, then Arizona needs to go out and find that type of dude. Because I think Arizona's missing it. I think Arizona's missing the guy that says, man up, guard your man, stop making the same mistake over and over again. Sean Miller can tell a player that, but eventually that player's going to block it out. Um, That's just the, the way the game works. So there are a lot of questions. I may be doing this podcast next week, and those questions are gone for a week. I have no idea. Um, all I know is that 
it's Pac-12 basketball, and one tip-off is at 8 o'clock, and the other is 8.30, because Larry Scott's worse than Arizona basketball right now. <laughs> so um, we're talking eight, an 8.30 tip-offs, because why not? You know, What else do you want to do on a Saturday night besides watch Stanford and Arizona uh, until the wee hours of the night? But um, that's a whole other topic. So it's difficult to, to evaluate this Arizona team. I don't know if the problems are going to go away. But I don't know if the problems are as bad as you know as we think. It's so hard to say, and I know people don't like me talking about the general context of college basketball. But there's so many teams like it. Um, Butler, I watched them get killed by Marquette. Uh, Wisconsin blew out Ohio State. Um, it's just I I don't know. I don't know what I'm watching half the time. I think college basketball is a disaster. Um, but Arizona would be. Uh, well off to get a split this week, go back home. You know, if they could split this week, split in LA and win their home games, they're fine. I mean, you're talking six, six and two, basically. Um, you know, that would be more than fine. I think people would be more than fine with a six and two record, but we'll see. Um, my wife is uh, whisper yelling at me to mention the women's basketball team. Um, cool thing about them, and I guess it's not, it's kind of cool, but they go out, they lose by like 100 to Oregon, Um, and instead of kind of cowering in their shells to go out on the road and and beat Oregon State, who's ranked ninth, um, Adia Barnes is doing some crazy stuff. First road win against a top 10 team in school history. Um, That's insane. Um, And first time they swept ASU in years and years, and um, some really cool stuff going on there. Um, It's fun to watch, take my daughters to women's games, and so um, it, it's, it's, it's good. It's good over there. Uh, they're going to host the tournament probably. And, and, uh, we'll see, you know, we'll, we'll see where the men wind up. Um, hopefully this is a, a more, uh, upbeat podcast. <laughs> the next time we have it, I'll, I'll take a look at the Cal and Stanford games later in the week, kind of waiting to see what happened to, to Oscar da Silva. Um, there'll be more of an update. If you didn't see that play, um, Evan Batty weighs 280 pounds and basically fell on da Silva's head, like his entire weight. It was gruesome um but we'll see what his status is because obviously he is a big piece for stanford uh, must must split type of week sweep would be awesome um, but we'll get to that later in the week once again i uh, i thank you for joining me on the wildcat scoop podcast i appreciate it thank you for your patience on the message boards i don't know if there is any but you know <laughs> it's, it's a message board but i do i do appreciate everybody um all opinions are welcome and, and all that fun stuff. But once again, I, uh, I thank you for joining me. I'm Senior Editor Wildcat Authority, Jason Shear, and uh, talk to you again later this week. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 